The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all to the latest installment of the Blog and the Boys Roundtable, of course, here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch along live with us every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can catch the rewatch at your own convenience, or if you would prefer to listen, you can do so on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out so much. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from BTB. This is our second roundtable of the 2022 season, and our pets' heads are already falling off. To discuss the latest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys, I have four phenomenal BTBers with me going in clockwise order at the top, the midnight position. Tony Catalina all the way from Martha's Vineyard, the top right corner of our country sporting that Dallas Cowboys polo. You can read everybody here at blogontheboys.com, and you can hear them all throughout the Blog and the Boys podcast network if that isn't obvious. Top right corner, the professor himself has taken time away from his tenure at the university it is Aiden Davis Aiden congratulations on turning 21 years old last week uh the bottom right corner features Tom Ryle the OG uh one of the more veteran members of the blog and the boys crew that just means he's seasoned he's marinated like a great piece of meat uh the bottom left quadrant the southwest uh, appropriate because he hails from uh the desert I believe I don't know if that's his like birthplace or anything but uh David Hellman uh thank you for taking the time to join us tonight Hellman how is your Tuesday going my Tuesday is going pretty good. Um, just enjoying all of the all of the praise for Stephen Jones and his great roster building <laughs> strategies. Um, it has been a tough first week of camp. If you look at it that way, I know this is technically the second week of camp. But Aiden, you were not a part of the roundtable last week. Um, do you feel like the um, the temperature uh, surrounding the Cowboys is as hot as you would have expected through six practices, or have have has the fan base impressed you in that respect? What the Cowboys fan base are the most mild mannered fan base in the world? I, what? No, I'm. I think so far it's as expected. I mean, you have, as Howman mentioned, you had a injury that really revealed some problems on the Cowboys roster. And so, yeah, I, it's as expected, as disappointed as I'd expect. Tom, uh, do you agree with that? Or do you think, um, actually, let me rephrase the question, Tom. Do you feel like the, we'll call it outrage, is justified? Is it warranted? Are, are Cowboys fans appropriately pissed off? Or are, are they being a little bit chicken little about the state of the team right now? I think it's rather appropriate because, I mean, it's not like, anyone mentioned these problems in advance, right? I mean, we've been talking about this for 
months, uh, the, the roster depth problems, uh, that they really didn't have an answer to kicker, uh, you know, and and I, I think that's why the frustration is is boiling out a lot, even though it's early and it's not like we've lost a key member of the roster yet. Uh, and I shouldn't say yet. I hope it doesn't happen, of course. But it's just that we've seen this coming slow motion for months. And sure enough, here we are. And just today, Jerry Jones is telling Todd Archer there's no urgency of wide receiver. Tom, wait a minute, and- dude. Chill out. You're giving away the whole show and the whole rundown. Let's just be cool. We got to wade in. I mean, man, Tom's trying to cannonball into the deep end. We got to build it up. Uh, so thank you, Tom, for letting us know how warranted <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> thank you to, to everyone who's joining us. Um, Danny Phantom, by the way, says two points to Aiden for the best background jersey. Um, I think that is that a Magic Johnson jersey behind you, Aiden? Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct in that. Okay, good. Glad to see that. Um, shout out, shout out to you. Um, anyway, uh, so um, let's let's go ahead and get into it, um, Tony. I'm going to start with you. And a reminder for everyone: the way roundtables work in this season, there are points being handed out throughout the entire time. Howman. Uh, Aiden, I know you were not a part of last week's roundtable. I'm going to award you points just as, as you make points kind of around the horn style. Uh, the audience, the live audience can award you points, a maximum of five per BTB or because we can't have, you know, things getting out of hand here. Um, and new to this season is the duel, uh, a la Mario Party. Um, you can challenge any of your fellow BTBers to a duel and the maximum or yeah, the maximum amount of points is the minimum value that either one of you has. Um, so you can wipe somebody out completely, but you're obviously risking an inordinate amount. The winner of the round table is clearly the person that has the most points. Um, so very simple rules, very simple standard procedure here for this season. Um, and I think that Tony and Tom would agree that I was some Somewhat objective last week, a little bit more than, than last season. And so um, good luck to all of you. Tom is our reigning BTB roundtable winner, so he has a throne to defend. Um, Tony, you're up first to try to stake your claim. And the reason I start with you is uh, people can hear you on the First and Ten podcast, which is on Mondays on the Block of the Boys podcast network. Aiden is a part of that show as well. And Aiden, you cannot in agreement with me that, that Tony came out and said, guys, watch out. James Washington. I know he had the hiccup last week on the injury front. But he's clicking. It's happening with Dak. Everything is moving and grooving in the way we want to see it. You placed a curse on him, Tony Catalina. He is out six to ten weeks with a fractured foot. And on Tuesday, Tom spoiling the lead. Uh, Jerry Jones said that the team does not have any interest in bringing in a veteran receiver right now. Your thoughts are the Cowboys being properly patient, being too impatient or too patient rather? Um, the floor is yours. And and by the way, uh, argue, debate overrule each other, interrupt one another. I award points for creativity, so go ahead. Yeah, I think the key word in that in that statement is right now. I think they want to see what they have. Um, you know, everyone seems to be liking what Noah Brown is doing. You know, TJ Vasher seems to be flashing a little bit, and they're saying that Simi Fajoko is having himself a pretty good camp. So I'm, I'm not upset with the idea that they let these younger guys get a little more reps. I think CD lamb even today mentioned that, you know, let these young guys eat a little bit, see what happens, see what it looks like. But ultimately I think when, when the season gets going here and they get a little closer and things get uh, a little more serious towards week one, I think they're going to bring a veteran in. I think that's the right move to do it. But in the media, as long as wide receiver free agents aren't flying off the shelf, um, it's okay to kind of give these guys some reps to see what they have there. 
I know that you guys can't see the like tabulation of points because I have a, like a piece of paper and a pen. I have given Tony no points. Did not like that answer one bit. Halman, you are wearing a CD Lamb jersey, I think. Um, so your thoughts? Um, you are generally, you know, more mild mannered um, than than a lot of us at BTB. You are you are generally more cool headed, uh, where a lot of us are quick to react. You you know, I think you give the benefit of the doubt to the Cowboys much more than the average fan. Um, so that being said, do you agree with Tony? Maybe I should be giving both of you points. Um, I mean, I agree that I, in the sense that I want to see what these guys, these young players have to offer. Um, I've been kind of driving the Simi Fihoko hype train for a little while. And I think that, uh, I think that especially when we're talking about filling the role that James Washington was supposed to fill this year, Simi Fihoko, who was used almost exclusively as a deep threat guy, uh, in college at Stanford. And he did really well there in his first year at Stanford, he averaged something like 23 yards per catch. Um, I think he is specifically set up to take on that kind of role. I think he could thrive there. Um, but I will say that the anger that I have is reserved for the reason that they're in this mess in the first place, which is that they made the unprompted error of giving away a good receiver in Amari Cooper who was producing for them. And especially now after this offseason, his contract that they were so desperate to get rid of is comparatively, it's a huge bargain. And so you got rid of a player, a, a receiver, and you downgraded the position with James Washington. All due respect to him, but you downgraded the position, and now he's hurt, and you're even in an even worse situation because they brought this on themselves. Tom, to that point, um, I know this is something you and I were tweeting about and, and talking about, and, and we've both written about it to extensive degrees. The, the Cowboys, you know, they didn't hedge any bets. They, they, they didn't establish any insurance plans. And, you know, they said, hey, you know, fall 22 starters, stay healthy. We'll be good. Why are you guys freaking out? Why are you guys panicking? And our, our argument all along was, look, it's the NFL. It's a battle of attrition. And, and here we go. Not even seven practices in, a full week's worth of practices in, they're already dealing with, we're, we're talking about James Washington here, but you can lump Matt well, let's go into that mix. If we're just talking about the injury front here and, and the swing tackle position um, also being in flux in that sense. So, Tom, I mean, the, the Amari thing, people get so mad when we bring this up because people, sorry, I agree with you, Hammond, but a lot of people say, like, quit dwelling on it, move on. I mean, you've, you've heard it, too. Uh, he's on Twitter at underscore DH44 underscore, uh, so you can annoy him. Um but, but Tom, it's 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 part of the, the math here. It's part of the equation. It's part of how we got here. The Cowboys, some would say arrogantly, some would say ignorantly, built this this house of, you know, it wasn't quite the house of straw that the little piggy built, but it's the house of twigs. Like, you don't, you know, maybe not the first breeze, but, but a good huff and puff can blow this whole thing down. Yeah. I mean, we've got the young guys, including T.J. Vassar and, and Dennis Houston, that are looking good in camp. That's in camp. We've got two receivers on the roster who've ever caught a pass in the National Football League. Uh, you know, if, if they were just bound and determined they weren't going to keep Amari Cooper, then why not make a run maybe at retaining Cedric Wilson? At least he's been out there. At least he's done it. They've got no experience in the wide receiver room outside of CD, really. And, you know, it would be nice to have a guy that's got some NFL savvy that knows how to be the guy, even if maybe the cornerback uh, across from you is a better physical specimen, know how to get around that mentally and work him and win the, win the game that way. And they're just expecting a bunch of young, inexperienced pups to go out there and immediately be an NFL-level wide receiver. Room. That ain't a good bet in my mind. Aiden, um, 
I think what they're also expecting, um, and I'm, I'm curious for your take on, on this specific angle. We have a comment on it. And I, to- I know, Tony, you tweeted about this as well on, on Twitter, Tony underscore Catalina. Um, but Aiden, the, the comment here from Donnie says, I agree with Tony 100%. We have Dak Prescott as quarterback. I remember the receiver debacle in 2018, which led to the Amari trade, as we all know. But Dak is much more mature as a quarterback. He can make it work. So my question to you, Aiden, is, is that a good plan? Or should the Cowboys say, yeah, Dak is a quarterback who can make it work. So let's just do more, right? Like, why, why make him work more? then he has to. Why not help him out, you know, the way other teams do with other quarterbacks, but the floor is yours. Yeah, I've heard this argument before, and I heard it last year whenever we were going through that period where we didn't have CD and we didn't have Amari. I think what we kind of get tunnel vision on when we're focusing on the Cowboys specifically is every good quarterback has a competent wide receiving court. Like, I mean, we always bring up Patrick Mahomes. He's had Ty- He has Tyreek Hill. Aaron Rodgers has been working with Devontae Adams. I mean, that's two of the best receivers in the NFL. And you're not going to really find Justin Herbert, who has looked impressive, has both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Joe Burrow. You can talk about the three receivers that he has, most notably with Jamar Chase. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who can get it done with nothing. I mean, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers does this year. But the whole argument of if he's a good quarterback, then he should be able to make it work with whatever wide receiving group he has. I just, there's not a lot of quarterbacks who do that. And quarterbacks have wide receiver talent around them. It's, you just can't really make it work one sided where the quarterback's just that good that he makes average receivers look like superstars. So I don't know if we necessarily need to add a receiver now, but if, if it's, if Dak starts struggling and it doesn't look good, it, I'm just, it might not be a hundred percent Dak at the beginning of the year. And we shouldn't just expect him to elevate everybody else. Mm. Anybody have any comments before we kind of start to segue again, points are on the line and nobody interrupted anybody. There was no hostility here, which I did not like. We just took a lot basically out here. I think is your problem there, RJ, but uh, I will mention that all of this is making one Dalton Schultz, a real linchpin of this offense, because he, as somebody said today in during the Twitter feed on practice, he's going to get 100 catches this year. He's going to be the security blanket. He's going to be the guy, especially early on, when Dak may not have faith in some of the guys out there that he hasn't known very long, that he's going to be looking for Dalton after CD gets taken out of the equation because they've got him triple covered or something. So Schultz, I think, is is a really big part of all this, which means – Wrap him in bubble wrap because if anything happens to him, we are in deep kimchi. I think the pessimistic Cowboys fan Tom would say, Yeah, okay, so they have you know elevated Dalton Schultz's priority level within the offense, so it's a good thing they treated that guy like a priority as far as how they handled his contract. It's a little bit hypocritical to be like, You know what, we're, we're gonna play this thing out on the tag, but you are super duper important to the offense. Um, it's it's just they're they're it's not well, like diametrically opposed ideas, but it's they're they're conflicting in, in some way, which is difficult to square. Well, what you think there might be some conflict between Mike McCarthy, the coach whose job is on the line, and the owners who seem to be <laughs> pinching pennies and playing these silly games about keeping cap powder dry? You know, um, I can't imagine. 
Okay, uh, after that topic, Tom is in the lead with five points. Hellman and Aiden have four. Tony, I gave you two just because I didn't want you to have a goose egg. Uh, but, Tony, you actually get three more to start because I asked each of you to send me one thing to, that you wanted to kind of present to the group to discuss tonight, and you were the first to get it in. So you were now tied for the lead with five points. Tony's one thing, and anybody who wants to respond to it can certainly go ahead. Let me uh, not mess that up here. If we were one James Washington injury away from panicking, weren't we in a bad spot anyway? Because Tony's point next. Tony set it up because is it not look everyone's freaking out James Washington's hurt but James Washington's not even that good so like if we're missing the guy who's not even that good then weren't we in a not good spot to begin with is that your point yeah totally that's it's it's scary to think right like James Washington's the big free agent signing and if we were one Jones fracture away from the the fan base everyone losing their minds over wide receiver that's not a real good situation yeah I mean Jalen Tolbert I expect big things from him but at the end of the day he's a rookie who knows what that's actually going to look like but James Washington going down in training camp and all of a sudden people are hitting the eject button hitting the Odell Beckham button Des Bryant button I think that may be an overreaction and to even get to that point is uh borderline malpractice at this point for me uh Moinka says spot on sad actually but we got money in the bank 22 million dollars in salary cap space the Cowboys have Aiden you want this yeah the one counterpoint I'll give is I don't think any of us really expected James Washington to be a thousand yard receiver and be <laughs> the go-to guy on this offense. But what I will say is he was a nice stopgap as a veteran presence to bridge the Michael Gallup injury. And now you just, that's why I think the most common argument is let's, and Tom talked about it, let's get veteran presence on the team. So you at least have more than two guys with the NFL catch on their resume going into going through the Gallup injury. And so I think this is more of an issue of we're kind of now retroactively looking at the Gallup injury than James Washington's actual talent. Hellman, then should the count? Like, I, I think there are a lot of us who, even before training camp started, before they touched down in Oxnard, said, sign a wide receiver. Go on to your point. Don't trade Amari Cooper. So this maybe this is hindsight, but it justifies the point that a lot of people have had. That, that And maybe that's kind of what Tony's ultimately saying. But do, do you agree? Like th this was not stable to begin with. So the first, you know, kind of pillar that goes down, you know, just kind of sent, you know, sets off the alarm that, yeah, this is really not great. Yeah. I, I think I agree with the point that Tony's making. And I think I definitely was not a fan of getting rid of Amari Cooper. Um, I, I think that Aiden is right in talking about James Washington as kind of a stopgap until Gallup can come back. But I think that's just a poor strategy when you're talking about building your roster, especially when we're at a point in the NFL where it's becoming more and more clear that having a great passing offense correlates very strongly to winning games. Um, and so, I mean, we, we've talked about it before on, on previous shows, how it looks like this Cowboys team is trying to become a more run-oriented offense going forward. And I think that's why they didn't, value keeping Cooper as much. I think that's why they thought they could get away with having a player of James Washington's caliber. And now they think they can get by with having uh, unproven players kind of um, take a role now that it's up for grabs again. Um, I think that is a poor strategy. And I think that now that, you know, we're all kind of panic panicking, it's underscoring that fact that they're trying to essentially play the style of football that was very successful in the nineties, but hasn't really been successful since. Tom, Moinka says specifically the wide receiver position doesn't look good, but Kellamore should be able to work with the Zeke on Zeke and Pollard and Lamb. Pollard can catch too. So I'll ask you, Tom, 
do you trust Kellen Moore to use Tony Pollard effectively to help mitigate this loss? Um, because we have three years of experience of Tony Pollard and Kellen Moore's offense, and we haven't really seen that answer, you know, kind of week in and week out. A question asked and answered. How can you trust a guy when he hasn't done it? Uh, I always saw that Washington was really an insurance policy they had for this young, very young, very inexperienced wide receiver core. Now the insurance has been canceled, and they don't have that, at least for the first several weeks. You know, it's time to go out and get a new policy. They need to get somebody in there. If it was worth signing James Washington to have, and he's gone now, then it should be worth signing someone else to have in there and give them that veteran presence. But, you know, I can't get the Joneses to answer my phone call, so what, what good does it do? Um. Interesting. Wow. Tom's got trust issues with the Cowboys. He's alone in that, clearly. Uh, Halman, I um, I started your point, but I want you to make it. I, I mentioned Tony Pollard mitigating the loss of college James Washington, Kyle Michael Gallup, just the loss at wide receiver. Halman gets two points because he was second to get his one thing in. Halman's point is the Cowboys will use 12 personnel to help mitigate the loss at receiver. Halman, your point, make it go. So Kellen Moore has, since he took over as the offensive coordinator, he's been a big fan of 12 personnel and we've seen his usage of it increase every single year. And we've also seen the success rate when they line up in 12 personnel increase every year. In this past year, they actually hit uh, a high in terms of their actual success rate, both when they're running out of 12 personnel and when they're passing out of 12 personnel. A lot of times that's when Uh, Dalton Schultz is getting a lot of great opportunities and he had a fantastic year this past year. They're using a lot of play action on those. And so I think, especially as we're talking about seeing this team pivot to what looks like a more run oriented offense. um, And they've got Dalton Schultz, who is looking to become an even bigger fixture of the offense. Um, And they brought in, they drafted Jake Ferguson. They brought Sean McEwen back, who's been looking really good so far in training camp, especially as a receiver. Um, they're kind of setting up to have uh, Dalton Schultz, who's, a, I think, one of the better tight ends in the NFL, and then a really good secondary tight end so that they can use that more often. I think we're going to see that go up, which means see the rate of 12 personnel go up, which means um, having to rely on three receiver sets a lot less. And, you know, you have CeeDee Lamb at one of those. You, can, you have Noah Brown, Sidney Fihoko, who can uh, take one of those spots, whoever steps up to the plate. But that's one less receiver spot you have to worry about now that we're worried at the thin receiver position. Tony, you a fan of this? Get another tight end on the field. Sean McEwen, friend of first and ten. Party? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think we even told you yet, but I'm going to tease it. I think we're going to have Sean McEwen on this week's episode of First and Ten to talk about uh, training camp. So uh, a little tease to that. Look at this guy, everybody. Look at Tony hustling. Five points for Tony. All right. Okay. Continue. (laughs) So we tease that a little bit, but yeah, the, the 12 personnel is uh, something that the Cowboys have always excelled in. I think um, the way Jake Ferguson has looked, you know, pre-injury, hopefully that's not too, not too serious. He'll be able to come back from that. Um, but, you know, with Sean McEwen, the way he's developed and obviously Dalton Schultz and, and Dak have outstanding chemistry, the Cowboys have always used 12 personnel well. So I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but it's such a night and day difference to what this team looked like last year. You almost have to forget about it, right? When they, when we were talking about could they have three 1,000-yard receivers last year, now it's like can we have two 1,000-yard rushers and, you know, can we get some tight ends with a lot of touches? So it's a totally different 
aspect or look to what we're, we're used to in the last couple of years, but I do like it. I do think that if this is what that team's strength is, I think they have to use it. And do you think it's a strength or do you think it's, you know, wishful thinking, not to hamper Howman's point. I mean, but your assessment of where the Cowboys are at, because tight end is also one of those, like, sure. But no disrespect to future first and 10 guests, Sean McEwen, but like, Cowboys have a phenomenal starting tight end in Dalton Schultz. But after that, it is a bit of a question mark. I mean, it, again, it's one of those things, like if everything goes according to plan, sure. But what if it doesn't? What are you going to do? I mean, man, this is tough because I do think the Cowboys are specifically talented at receiving tight ends. I think Schultz is one of the more reliable tight ends in the NFL, reliable hands-wise tight end in the NFL right now. Obviously, Howman brought it up. We do have solid tight like receiving tight ends so i think especially while gallops out it would be really useful to use 12 personnel the other thing i consider is i'd love to see an increase in 21 personnel from the cowboys i'd love to see more two pack two running back packages with pollard and zeke not even just runs just using them out of the backfield because they can both catch pretty well i like to see that used a lot where defenses now have to adjust of okay where are they going with pollard on this how are they going to use pollard specifically on this play because we've used the term gadget back i just think that i'd love to see more of that while gallops out is trying to trying to experiment with uh using both running backs out of the backfield as receivers uh aj is a big fan uh of you Aiden. you got an aiden ftw with the 100 emoji uh and then added yes two running back sets um tom last question on this subject i hate the term blessing in disguise because we all feel for james washington we're all rooting for him um but do you feel like tom or do you at least hope obviously hope um that this will kind of force the issue of creativity for you know the water has to escape somewhere you know what i mean that the yards have to come somewhere the cowboys have to move the ball is this is this kind of forcing the hand of Kellamore if he's he's being dragged to to the utilization of Tony Pollard at a higher frequency? I don't know if you can drag him far enough sometimes because there seems to be plenty of reasons to use it use Pollard more last year, and he didn't. I mean, you've got an injured starting running back, and you're still not getting touches for a healthy dynamic uh, second option there. I, I don't know what to whether that is quite possible. Also wanted to say on the tight end thing, you know, McEwen apparently had a neck injury that held him out of practice. So, you know, training camp beats people up sometimes and the Cowboys might be having a rougher one this year than they had last year. So it's not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous about that aspect of the game more than anything. Uh, speaking of the game, an update where we stand about halfway through the round table. I'm not going to give you guys exact scores now. I want to keep it a little bit mysterious uh but everybody's sitting comfortably at double digits just so we're all you know good so through through, through two questions i think that's pretty impressive um we can't not talk about this um i I, you know we kind of touched on it but um the dallas cowboys have a kicker problem does anybody disagree with this first of all at the jump you guys there's an audio component to this show like there's a huge video component but there's an audio component as well it's bad rj no rj we (laughs) Okay, it's bad. so so I'm going to let whoever wants to take this take it. And remember, I award initiative. Um, this was the sequence of events for the Dallas Cowboys. They ended last season with what was literally the worst 
extra point kicker in the NFL from a conversion standpoint. That's not hyperbolic. That's not picking on Greg Zola. That's literally true. Among kickers who qualified, he had the not field goal conversion percentage, the worst extra point conversion percentage. Okay, they finished the season with him. There were reports that they wanted to bring him back. Remember, after they cut him, there were the reports that they actually wanted to bring him back at a lower figure. Why they would want to do that? I don't know. What they do in free agency? Nothing. What they do during the draft? Nobody. What they do after the draft? Undrafted free agent Jonathan Garibay. We talked ourselves into it, right? We started to bargain with ourselves. Hey, this guy, well, he made the 60 million yard field goal at Texas Tech. Okay. And then what do they do right before camp? They bring back Lareem Hyrulahu for competition. And today, Mike McCarthy, after the horrible day, they went a combined one for six in mojo moments. Mike McCarthy says, yeah, we want to give them both every chance. We really like Lareem. If you really like Lareem that much, why did you barely bring him back just like two weeks before camp started? If you're that fond of him, why was he not on your roster all along? So they're missing kicks left and right. Jerry Jones says he's not concerned because there was win today. Thank God that doesn't happen in any NFL game ever. And so it's not a factor that the kickers will have to contend with. Uh, but we are up a creek, gentlemen. So whoever wants this, take it. Just go. Whatever direction you want. It's yours. It, they've got – I mean, this is just a, a cycle that goes round and round and, and drives us crazy because they say they've got it figured out. The evidence just flops out there that they don't, and they still keep talking like they've got it figured out. And kicker is – I mean, there's guys out there that they can at least be having come in, give them a look-see, do a little tryout. You don't have to sign them. They'll come in and audition for you. They ought to have a parade of these guys coming in right now until unless or until Hiralahu uh, or Garibay show some consistency out there in making kicks. But right now, it, it looked like that, that Garibay was about to lose outright and then Haralahu had a bad day today. So it's like, come on. You don't have the answer. How many different topics do we have to keep saying this about? It's getting old. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know it's bad when Jerry Jones's suggestion is to shorten the kicks. You know, <laughs> let's let's bring it in a little bit. Let's let's see some PATs. And it's like, well, no, no. I mean, if they're if they miss five kicks in a row from under fifty yards, that's that's a problem. We need yeah, to figure this out. Yeah, can you you can always use that rule in the NFL where you get to pick the spot you kick. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Right. Work pick right. the hash, you know, pick the distance <laughs> and go get the gimmies. But no, it's 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 an issue. It, it was an issue last year. They didn't like you mentioned, they didn't do much to address it now. And they're doing a lot of hope and praying finger crossing this offseason with a lot of positions. And uh, I don't know if you can win ball games with that.
Aiden, do you agree that there there is a lot of just kind of, you know, procrast there, there's a, you know, we don't have to talk about the way how I met your mother ended. Uh, but there are a lot of great lessons that we can take away from that show. And one of them is when Marshall introduces the concept of his future self. He talks about that. That's future Marshall's problem. I don't have to worry about this. Marshall of the future, he'll have to pay the consequences for my actions. It feels like the future Cowboys have, have now coincided from a time perspective with the current Cowboys, Aiden. And, and all these these past problems that were delegated to the future are ruining the day here uh, out in the, the windy confines of Oxnard, California. Yeah, if only the Cowboys had done what I was banging on the table all offseason for and just draft Cameron Dicker with their six-round pick, this all could have been avoided. Anyway, what I'm here, it's I think this problem at kicker is a lot worse than like just like when you read the headlines, like they're missing from this distance. Shan Sheriff said today that it was the most consecutive missed kicks he's ever seen from a camp in Oxnard, which is horrible to hear. My my take on this is I think if they're going to add a free agent, I'd love for the first free agent they sign to be a kicker and actually get some talent on the roster, get some people who have maybe kicked in the NFL before. And Liram's one game against the Falcons doesn't really count. He was five for I'll, five on extra points. On and, P, yeah, he I mean. nailed those PATs. <laughs> it was really impressive to watch. The one thing I'll say and the one credit I'll give, I have no idea if it takes – college kickers time to settle in garibay is still young he's still new at this so if there's any consolation i'd give i guess he might settle in eventually but how different is kicking from one place to another Hellman, i know you've um you've sung the songs of praise of john fossil before the things that john fossil messes up are seemingly incredibly obvious right like there are these things like he's the character on the sitcom you know he's like who who enters problems like kramer right like this massive you know hysteria what like you can't just have simple problems you know like how like we've we've placed a lot of blame and and responsibility at the feet of of john fossil before like who who do you ultimately attribute this to uh because because neither one of these are his guy the the way that that greg zerline was maybe that's what maybe fossil is sabotaging them howman because he's like you know what you guys don't realize how good you had it with with greg easy you know that was the legatron he was the man but i mean what what is what is the answer what is the thought here how what's what's a what's the reasonable take to have um, well, I mean, the, I don't know if it's necessarily reasonable, but my take is that that this is ultimately overblown because kicker is such an undervalued. Whoa! I want to see. I want to see a duel. Just keep going, Howman. Keep going. And I mean, my my take has always been that if you're losing a game because you miss an extra point, or if it's coming down to a field goal, then you know everybody puts that on the kicker if they miss it. But really, your kicker, if it's a field goal, they only come out when you fail on offense to score a touchdown. So if you're losing because of your kicker, you're really losing because your offense wasn't good enough at moving the ball into the end zone, which is ultimately their job. Um, So for me, I think that this could actually end up being a good thing because they're not going to have a kicker that they can rely on to kick as many field goals. And Mike McCarthy might actually start going for it on fourth down more often, like when the analytics actually say to go for it which he was pretty good in comparison to the rest of the league last year, but there was still a lot of meat left on the bone in that aspect. Yeah. Does anybody uh, want to duel here? Yeah. Uh, 
Hold up, wait, um, wait, I'm... Tom, because it has to be official. You want to challenge Hellman to a duel. Is that what's happening here? Yeah, since we haven't done this before, can we just do Oh, like, right, okay. Can we do These can are the rules of the duel. Okay. These are the rules, Tom. Let me set you up, okay? Right. So here on the BTB roundtables, when one BTBer challenges the other to a duel, again, it's Mario Party rules. Tom, I know you play a ton of Mario Party. All right, so Tom, you currently have 13 points. Hellman, you currently have 15 points. Tom, you can wager... 13 points at maximum. You can go all in. You don't have to. And you stand. This is an all or not proposition. Whoever wins, wins the, the, the total pot that you bet. So you can do one. You can do 10. You can do 13. However much you want to wipe out of Hellman, assuming you win. Five. Okay. So we've got five points on the line between Tom and Hellman. A 10-point total duel. Tom, Hellman, you're each going to state your case. And Tony and Aiden, you have to agree who wins the duel. And if you cannot agree... We'd take 10 points from each of you. So, Tom, since you are the challenger, Hellman gets to go first. The premise here is that the cat, that they're, this is overblown, I suppose, was what you, you know, primarily disagreed with, Tom. Is that fair to say? The kicker issue? Oh, again, there's a vi- audio component. Okay, so... Uh, well, I, um, I, I thought Hellman's supposed to be talking, so I'm not trying to interrupt you. Okay, you're right. Hellman, defend the idea that the kicker issues are overblown. Well, I mean, when we... I know like you I literally said, just did this, but there, there are points on the line. So. <laughs> when, when we're talking about a kicker going out for a field goal, you know, everybody everybody forgets the fact that the offense ultimately failed. They got it. They got to a third down. They weren't able to convert. We should be getting better on third down. We should be, especially when you have a quarterback of Dak Prescott's talent. And, you know, the last couple of years, they had some really great talent across the board at receiver and they still have C.D. Lamb. They have Dalton Schultz. Um, we'll see how they actually everything comes together. But at the end of the day, you know, your the offense's job is to go score a touchdown, and you need to do that. And then you send out the extra point kicker. And that was the probably the most uh, fair knock on Greg Gerline last year was that he was missing those extra points, which those ones are where he needs to actually be doing his job and making them. Um, but I think that there was a bit of an over reliance on Greg Gerline last year because. While he wasn't very consistent on extra points, he did have a very long leg, and he did actually come up with a lot of big kicks from long distance, kind of like Brett Maher a few years ago too. Um, so I think having a kicker that's less reliable, I'm not saying that you should look for a bad kicker, but it will empower the Cowboys to be more aggressive on third downs, more aggressive on fourth downs, and have a more of a mindset of trying to score a touchdown because you can't rely on settling for the field goal, which is – what we've been wanting them to do for years now, and they still really haven't committed to it. Mm. Hellman saying, take the safety net away. That's how you become a great acrobatic trapeze artist. That was the word I was looking for. That's how you do it. You got to learn tough love from Hellman. Okay, Tom, defend the idea that this is not overblown. I'm loving every second of this. It seems like every season there are those two or three games that come down to the wire and the Cowboys wind up with a handful of seconds trailing by one or two points, and they can, you know, try to make a couple of plays, get down, and get the kicker in range to kick a field goal. And if you don't have a kicker that you've got faith in or that can make those things, you wind up losing games that you shouldn't. That is why you have field goal kickers is for those. They're rare. 
They don't happen. But there always seems to be two or three games a season that hang on being able to trot that guy out and nail it from 51 yards when you really have to have it. It's, it's, if you don't have that, you're basically taking one of the tools out of your toolbox. It's a weapon out of your arsenal. Thank you, Danny. Go ahead. Uh, but uh, it's – I just think that not having a kicker who you have some faith in to win the game for you when it's on the line because somehow that just always seems to happen during the season. And when it gets really late in the season, it seems it's one that's more important. Tony, Aiden, if you want to consult, you have to do it here in front of all of us, which would maybe be embarrassing for you, but that's the duel. Um, so you you have to come to a consensus on who wins the 10 points. And so you're deciding who to give five extra points to and take away five points from it as well. So there's some you know kind of competitive strategy going on here too. Well, it can't be competitive because you're not giving us how many points we all have. So I have no idea who I'm taking I mean... it away from. <laughs> Tony, I don't know if you agree with this. I agree with Tom, but I thought Howman's argument was a little better. All right. Yeah, that's – I understand the premise of Tom. I get what he's saying completely, and I understand what Dave is saying as well. I think uh, – I don't totally agree that the kicker is like – I do value the kicker. I do think kickers are super important. I love the consistency, but I understand what, what Hammond is saying. You know, it's got to, you're going to force your offense to, to be more aggressive, to score six instead of three. So, uh, and, and for the sake of us not losing our points, I'm going to agree with you, Aiden. <laughs> wow. So, Tom, so, I want you to, if I was awarding Tom, I would have given you the win, honestly. So these guys so, costed you five points. How do you feel, yeah. Tom? Well, they, they basically said, I'm right, but we're going to give Aiden the win. So, you know, I mean. Give They're Howman giving Howman the win, Tom. Sorry, so, yeah. I mean, the, the deep. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was, it was uh, Aiden that started it off that way. That's It's like, you agree with me, but you're going to give Okay, fine. Howman, um, you're the winner I don't of know. the first duel. <laughs> in, are in we supposed to be judging these? Week. Go ahead, pick on me. Do I care? What are we supposed to judge these duels on? Who we agree with or who had the better It's up to you. That's the beauty of the duel. Next time it will be other people that have to do it. I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a subjective objective thing. That does exist. But Howman, you did win the first duel in in Blanca the Boys Roundtable history. Um just just a quick thought on how you're feeling. Um, you know, riding off of this high. You have now taken a, a commanding lead with 20 points here against your competitors, by the way. I think this is a huge moment for the anti-kicker movement. Uh, I'm hopeful that tomorrow I'll wake up to news that both of our kickers have been released and skill position players have been signed in their stead. And Jeff right will now, be kicking for the Cowboys. To um, Tom, um, you are now below double digits. So I had said that you all had double digit points. That's no longer the case. Again, I would have given you the win. I thought that your point was better. I understand your premise, Howman. Um, and you know what? I'm going to take away two points from Tony for a bit of cowardice. You know what I mean? Just saying, I don't want to lose my points, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to agree with Aiden. So, um, sorry, yeah, and, Tony, and, you know. <laughs> and the strategy was bad because Howman was ahead of me when the duel started. If they really were wanting to protect their own situation, they shouldn't have given it to him because he he got a bigger lead now. 
You know what, Tom? I'm actually going to take away two points from Aiden as well because he said that they did not know, and, and granted, the full standing, but he did know that Hellman was ahead of you. So if Aiden was literally looking at the math, he's supposed to be Mr. Numbers over here, Aiden would have known that the more strategically sound decision was to give you the win. So, Tom, you know what? I'm going to give you two more points back because that was a great <laughs> point. Uh, you're back at double digits. Okay. Uh, we've now discussed the kicker issue. We've had our first duel. That was very exciting. Uh, I enjoyed it greatly. Um, the video or the audio audience really missed out on all of your faces. Um, but Tom, while I did just give you two points, I'm going to take them away again because I asked Aiden and you to come up with one things along with Tony and Howman. Aiden gave me his one thing and a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, Tom, you did not until we literally started this show. Um, unbeknownst to you all tom had the same point as aiden so if you had done it in time tom i would have been able to tell you that hey aiden had this point let's come up with something different whatever but you both believe that the cornerback position feels promising aiden it was yours so the floor is yours to um to make your point yeah so the first thing i'm noticing is trayvon Diggs so far tra so far during training camp is the cornerback that I think a lot of fans want to see him evolve into, which is the play tight coverage, be up on your man, but also be that ball hawk. I don't know if that's just going against the Cowboys receiver situation, which we just got done talking about, but Trayvon Diggs obviously is solid. But the one name I want to point out, Nation Wright is looking solid during camp. And I think he there's a chance that he contends for the starting like cornerback position opposite, obviously, uh, Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs. I have been incredibly encouraged with that. It seems like Kelvin Joseph is turning a new page. And so I think that the Cowboys, from what I've seen during training camp, maybe the offense just isn't look sol looking sol going to look incredibly solid this year, which scares me. But there's a chance that we see comparable amount of interceptions in 2022 that's all i'm gonna say yeah and jordan i lewis do think making it go ahead tom yeah i was gonna say jordan lewis didn't make it any easier he had a great uh interception today so they are looking yeah i would just like if you want something optimistic it's that the cornerback room is really encouraging a lot of 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 faith that they're going to go out there and make it really hard on opposing quarterbacks. Um, Howman, I'll go to you first. You are our leader. Um, I've said before, not to like brag on myself, um, I think you could make an argument that the deepest position on the team right now, if we lump it all together, is the secondary. Right, like, like name a secondary player who's who's going to have a significant role that you don't feel somewhat good about. Right, like who's you know, like, it's like, okay, Donovan Wilson, feel great about it. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of lower on the totem pole. Like, I think the priority level he's been given in the past, maybe we were a little bit more uncomfortable with, but things have kind of stabilized there. Again, I, I would chat, maybe you can't, but like, can you name a, a, a significant contributor, would-be significant contributor to this secondary that you are not feeling great about relative to their positional contribution? No, I feel great about it. I think the secondary is going to be the, the biggest strength of – of this roster it is right now. I think it's going to continue to be. Um, one thing I, I do think uh, I'm, I'm still a little uh, reserved on is is what Aiden said about having similar number of interceptions, just because uh, not only just historical trends of how generally you regress back towards the mean, but I think also a lot, big part of that last year was 
that the offense most games was performing so well and teams were playing behind when they threw against our defense that they were having to push it more than they normally would in more of a neutral game situation. So I think if the offense is struggling, that that could lead to less interceptions just because opposing quarterbacks aren't taking as many chances. But I still think that it's it's going to be a good secondary. I think Trayvon Diggs is looking like the guy that people want him to be. Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis have been doing everything they can to hold down their positions despite really good competition from the other guys behind them. Um, I feel really good about the safeties with Curse, Hooker, Wilson. Um, so I, I'm feeling good about that secondary. Tony, um, it does kind of feel like every corner's had, maybe not a day, but like a moment. There, there's been a moment that everyone has had, whether it's an interception or a PBU, there's just kind of been some kind of shine for each one. Um, I do think, and, and this this will sound like a stray, or like Israel Mukwamu's catching a stray, but I don't mean it that way. Um, in, in years past, the Israel Mukwamu, the, the kind of late, the day three pick entering his second year, we've we've kind of been depending on, right? Like, we, man, we need Donovan Wilson to take take a leap here in his second season. And the fact that we, you know, that that is not a need for, for, for this, at least I know this, the, the point here was corners, but I mean, that is, that speaks to the, the depth that they've added and the change they've made. I think, you know, we don't compliment them all the time, but they deserve a lot of credit, a lot of props for kind of almost accidentally building this legitimate line of depth across the entire secondary. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty vocal about the the night and day difference between how we felt about wide receiver and cornerback last year compared to how do we feel about it this year. I think this the secondary as a whole. I'm Malik Hooker, like you said, Donovan Wilson's almost like the forgotten man in this situation. J. Ron Curse is the man of many hats. He can do a lot of different things. And I was on the you know I thought that you know. Jordan Lewis was on watch to lose his job, but he's just not giving it up. So I think I really thought going into this, it was going to be Kelvin Joseph on the outside with Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown kicked into the slot position. But right now the, the best second, second uh, year cornerback looks to be Nashawn Wright right now, which is kind of crazy to say because he had so much, you know, heat about his pick and his draft position, but he he's silencing critics. You know, it's, it's safe to say between him and, you know, TJ Basher, who's been, um, you know, splashing. These are guys that are like the buzz about all of in training camp. And I really feel good about the secondary as a whole. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it's probably, you know, from top to bottom, the deepest position that the Cowboys have in, on the entire, uh, the entire team. The phrase we were looking for was TJ Vasher is Vashin, not Dashin. Um, you know, missed <laughs> opportunity right there uh, for you, Tony. It, does everybody agree that Kelvin Joseph's been the least impressive corner, you know, of, of kind of the consensus top five. And we're t- look, if we're talking just about football, obviously there's a lot else there. But like he, and maybe that's the most disappointing thing because he is a second round pick. He is entering his second year. We we all kind of have expected a step to happen, and that maybe so maybe like that's the consensus like quote unquote worst thing to happen to, to the secondary so far. But to your point, Aiden, that Tom stole. If your biggest, if, if if like that is not happening and it's not even noticed, that kind of speaks to the luxury that you sort of have at the, at the corner position, which is, um, you know, sort of interesting. But okay, so let's move on. Last topic before we get into handing out the winner uh, for this evening was actually inspired by Tom. So Tom, I'm gonna give you two more points back. So good job. You're still, you know. You got work to do. It's really all I'll say. Uh, but Tom wanted to ask which players have risen in importance since training camp started. And Tom was actually kind of two birds, one stoning this because he wrote about this at blogontheboys.com. So nobody can answer any of the following players. And once a player is taken by one of your fellow BTBers, you can't answer that player either. Tom included in his list, and everybody can read it at blogontheboys.com. TJ Vasher. 
Dennis Houston, Rico Dowdle, Kevontae Turpin, Nashawn Wright, Will Greer, and the aforementioned Lareem Hyrulehu. So, Tom, the floor is yours. Who else has risen in importance that maybe we didn't expect or we're kind of a little bit shocked to see? Oh, uh, gosh, when you go to who else after Rory rattle off a whole list. Um, oh, wow. I've... Man, I'm I'm that's that was a tough This is a man's game, Tom. I mean, you know, you got you gotta you gotta be ready to play. You know, that's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, and did I have Houston on the list? You did. Yeah. You wrote uh, the article. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have slept since then. Uh sometimes it kinda goes out. Uh I I don't know. Just just slam me, take my points away, whatever. Let somebody else come up with one. I've got to we'll come back to you, that. Tom. We'll co- that was a hard thing to, to hand to you right away. So, Tony, you can go yeah. first. Yeah, I would think um, it's an obvious, it's an easy one, but I think Tony Pollard has jumped up in importance like more than we could. I mean, as much as he's already been talked about giving him touches, now he's going to have to be the de facto three, number three wide receiver. He's going to have to be in the, the the 21 set. And, you know, when they go two backs, it's Tony Pollard is going to have to be, if you, we already know he's supposed to have manufactured touches, but now it's almost a necessity. He's a playmaker. They don't have as many on the outside as they typically do. He better sharpen up his toolbox on the on his uh route running he needs to be able to get the ball in between the tackles on the edge jet sweeps like tony pollard is going to have to be an even even bigger proponent of this offense or a bigger part of this offense than we even imagined beforehand and that's tough to say because there's a whole section of this fan base that wants him to be rb1 howman i'm gonna say the player that's risen in importance so far has been sam williams mostly because you know, they took him in the second round and there was a lot of talk about how he's he's very raw. He's got a lot of natural talent. And then they, they brought back Dorrance Armstrong. They brought in Dante Fowler. And there was kind of this assumption that Fowler and Armstrong were going to get a lot of work and Williams was kind of going to kind of rotate in. And so far since training camp started, we've heard from both Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, two of the best players on this defense. And they've both said essentially the same thing. He has way more talent than he even realizes. And so he's very clearly already showing out everything that he has. And he's working with Dan Quinn, who already has a reputation of really getting the most out of defensive players in general, especially defensive line guys. I think that uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we're, you know, only a weekend to training camp. Pads just came on. But I think I was really high on Sam Williams in the draft too, so I'm a little more comfortable saying this. I think he could become kind of that in that same role that Randy Gregory was filling of playing pretty primarily on the right side. Might not be at that level of Randy Gregory just yet, but he's going to become relied on a lot more than the team imagined, more than we imagined, just because of how much he's already showing at this early stage. Tom, you prepared now? Yes, it actually took me just to not have to sit there trying to force it out to make pop in the head. It's it's ball. You know, all of a sudden that Danny Phantom fed you that answer. Yeah. Josh Ball is the guy that that has you have to look at because he is all they're hanging their hat on at swing tackle right now. And with with uh, let's go going down all eyes are going to be on him for the inevitable Tyler Smith few weeks off or Tyron Smith few weeks off. So uh, it's, you know, he is suddenly much more important to this team than I was hoping he would be myself. 
Aiden, um, Tom took your an- actually Danny took your answer and then Tom took your answer. Um, we've gotten now Tony Pollard from Tony Catalina. We've gotten Sam Williams. That was a bit of a surprise. I love the explanation though from Hellman. We've gotten Josh Ball. Um, and Aiden, the floor is yours. Yeah, Just, and you, actually, uh, to wipe you out and make it a little bit more difficult for you, Aiden, uh, Johnny Boy RN says Jabril Cox, the dude has to come back from uh, his ACL and be solid. So you um, you can't answer Jabril Cox either. Although I don't think that it would be my answer, at least. But go ahead. Can you read through uh, the list of names that I wasn't selected? Because there seems like a somewhat obvious choice. So okay. Tom wrote about this, as mentioned, and he chose yeah. TJ Vasher, Dennis Houston, Rico Dado, Cavante Turpin, Nashawn Wright, Will Greer, in the ring yeah okay so i think i think the obvious answer here and i didn't really want to take low-hanging fruit i'm going with jalen tolbert because with rookie wide receivers the issue is that they take a while to get ramped up to speed we saw this with jamar chase last year his first his beginning to the season wasn't amazing and then obviously second half of the season he turned into one of the best wide receivers in football so i think the issue now is with the james washington injury all that pressure is now falling on Tolbert to develop at a rate that most NFL wide receivers don't develop at. You need him to bring an impact week one, because as of now in week one, he's slotted in to be the wide receiver too. And putting that amount of pressure on a rookie receiver is it's tough. And so he's going to be thrown into the fire early and he's going to need to develop a lot faster than most NFL wide receivers develop at. And so we're going to see. It's it's going to be sink or swim there for a while with uh, Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Um, in order – go ahead, Tom. Yeah, You I'm can't duel. You already burned yours, but go ahead. No, this, is, this isn't for a duel. I'm just saying that a kind of an honorable mention, but is Tyler Smith not turning out to be everything we hoped for and more? I mean, it seems like every practice he's planting somebody flat on their back out there. And I don't know if too often you see a rookie uh, offensive lineman switching positions come in and do that uh, so much. So, you know, he, if they get that right, the, the prospects of the entire offense go up tremendously. Tom, I appreciate you giving an honorable mention before I could give an answer. Thank you. Uh, very selfless of oh, you. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were joining in. Um. <laughs> I was going to say I liked Aiden's answer the most. Um, it was low-hanging fruit, though, Aiden, but you acknowledge that. Um, Halman, I, I, I applaud the creativity, but I wouldn't have gone that direction myself. Um, Tom, you, I loved the answer, obviously. I think that is actually the most logical answer in Josh Ball, but, you know, you you, you know, you used a lifeline. That's okay. You know, you're allowed to those. Um, Tony, <laughs> um, I thought it was a bit narcissistic to choose somebody with your name, uh, but other than that, it was a good point. Um, I'm going to also take low-hanging fruit, uh, and I'm going to say Ezekiel Elliott, uh, because if we all know the Cowboys, what is their response going to be to the passing game being inhibited? It's going to be, we got to run the ball. We, we, and I know I agree with you, Hamman, like they're going to play out of 12, 12 personnel more, whatever they'll find those ways, but they, we know what is one thing we can trust them to do. It is to feed Zeke. And so we may not agree with it, but it is going to be something that is a reality for them at a high frequency. And so his his significance to the team is not changing, is not being impacted. It is only growing in stature. And so he's going to have to be amazing, going to have to be 2016 Zeke to, you know, for them to survive, you know, the, the points in time that they're dealing with out their wide receivers. Um, does anybody agree? Does anybody like what I said? Think it's dumb? I'm curious. It's, it's 
it's a little out of the box, but it's not stupid at all. There we go. It, there's a, it makes sense. Anybody else? Again, I'm, I'm tabulating the winner, so be careful. With I think it's RJ, that was stuff. the best <laughs> argument I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> um, okay, let's see here. Uh, we have um, a winner. So uh, we'll go in ascending order here. Um, in fourth place, I'm not participating in this game. I'm obviously super objective. Um, you bit off a lot, Tom. I'm sorry. You took. I respect the hell out of taking a swing like that. You know, you can't land them all. Um, but you know what? You you didn't show up to punt, Tom. I respect, which is ironic because the whole point it was like this conservative nature of of kicking and things like that. But still, 17 points for Tom in fourth place. Uh, in third place, by just a hair. Uh, Tony Catalina with 25 points, a quarter century, uh, an outstanding effort, Tony. Uh, but again, you went, you know, Tony Pollard. You had the first crack at that. And, you know, you know, these other guys, you, ha- you had a chance right there at the very end. Uh, Aiden just edged you out at 26 points. Uh, so, Aiden, congratulations to you taking home the silver medal. We actually don't have um, anything uh, for you. Uh, our winner tonight, the Blog of the Boys roundtable winner for our second roundtable of the season, is David Howman uh, by really didn't even need Tom's points uh, ultimately. Uh, 32 points for Howman tonight. Um, did Howman win last week? I already forgot. Did Howman, did you win last week? Am I making that up? Big Tom. You weren't even here last week. Big yeah, Tom. I, 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 Tom, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for you to catch that straight. We do a lot of shows around here, all right? Uh, but Howman, uh, the most points that anybody has ever had in a roundtable performance. Uh, so you're setting all sorts of records. You were the first duel winner. Um, I don't know if that leads you to challenge somebody to a duel in the future. Aiden, Tony, take notes of what, you know, dueling um, can do for you. Uh, Howman, your thoughts, uh, again, after setting just an enormous amount of history tonight. I think it's... Uh a reminder of an age-old lesson, which is if you come at the king, don't miss. <laughs> wow. But you know what, Howman? You know what I respect? is Tom knows what it takes. Tom, like you, the two, you're in an exclusive club. The two of you are, are BTB roundtable winners, and Tom had that tenacity. And I, I don't want to speak for you, Tom, but I think you welcome Howman into your elite club. Oh, sure. It's always great. <laughs> Nice to see the young talent rising up. And next to me, everybody's young talent. So good to see it. Um, wow. Um, Aiden, Tony, do you have anything to say? Um, Tom made his mark. He may not have won, but he made his mark. Do you guys feel like you might just fade into obscurity? When, when, I'll tell when you what. Historians reference this roundtable. Are you worried, Tony? You know, I'm self-scouting, and I've been on a bunch of these roundtables. The one thing that is consistent is I'm pretty mediocre at this. I ain't going to lie. I'm pretty middle of the pack every every episode. Just, just you got to swing big. You know what I mean. You, you got to, you know, enough of these singles and doubles, Tony. You know, round, round second, head to third. We want to see that mentality next time. You know, Aiden, uh, do you agree with Tony? Do you feel like you you can up your game as well? Eh, I'm fine with second. I mean, who lost the wow. Super Bowl this year? Everybody knows it was the Bengals. Granted, they lost, but at least you know them. First loser. Wow. Ooh. Uh, again, a conservative approach when you awarded Hellman for the aggressive approach. Tom, does that make make you feel a certain way? I mean, there's you conflicting ideologies he, happening. He didn't just, need the dual points. I just I just Still. like the fact that you made turn everything on its head there, RJ, and slap it all you that. You know what? That's that's what I'm here for. Stir the pot. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last question, and then we leave. 
if you had to pick one veteran wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys to sign, points are over. The roundtable has already been won. Who would it be? You cannot pick somebody who somebody else picked. Howman, you get to go first and then pick who goes next. All right. My pick pick is going to be Odell Beckham Jr., which I know will be getting mixed reviews from people. Build this man a statue. I'm just I'm just looking at all of the receiver talent that's out there. And obviously with Odell, you have to question where he's at physically after his injury uh, in the Super Bowl. But just on a pure talent basis, Odell Beckham is miles ahead of anybody else that's available out there right now, which is, of course, an indictment of the Cowboys' decision not to address this position seriously until now. But this is where we're at now. And if you're just going based on football talent, assuming that Odell will be ready to play at least somewhat early on in the season, uh, he's the most talented option. And then who goes next? You have a lot of authority as the winner here. So, uh, I'm going to go with uh, my, my other champion in the house, Tom. Look at that, Tom. Wow. Yeah. I'm, look, since I'm looking for someone that uh, is not necessarily there to be a long-term answer, a short-term answer. I'm just going to go with Will Fuller and hope they can get like six to eight weeks out of him, uh, just long enough to get uh, Gallup back and maybe even Washington back. You know, there's a concern, of course, with his durability, but we're not looking for him for the whole 17-game grind. Just get him back for maybe six weeks and everything will be good. And just have him get in there and be that veteran seasoning for the young guys. That's that's what we want. And he's not a guy that's likely to come in like maybe an Odell Beckham and create too much turmoil and everything. So I think that's who I would be talking to first. Okay, Tom, who goes next, Tony or Aiden? So you're also deciding oh. who goes last. Both both of these gentlemen took points away from you, just so we're clear. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let Tony go next because Aiden was the one that really stuck the knife in. <laughs> yeah, I, I w- will say, Tom, I would have picked Will Fuller if I was second. Um, with that being said, um, I'm, I'm looking at T.Y. Hilton. You know, I'm looking at somebody who's he's had production in this league. Everybody we're talking about right now obviously has a flaw. They, there's a reason why they're not on a team. They have issues. There's things we're going to have to work through. But I do feel the same way that Tom does. We just need somebody to keep the boat, you know, above water, right, until Michael Gallup gets back. And anything beyond Michael Gallup's comeback date is is just gravy to me. And I think T.Y. Hilton can come in. I think he can play. Um, you know, he's older. I mean, but the, the other option, I'm sure maybe Aiden's going to bring up is Emmanuel Sanders. And he's 35 years old. So it's like it's just – there isn't great options out there, and especially with a couple of guys that have already been picked, I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton. Aiden, this guy's assuming what you're going to do. How does that make you feel? Am I still am I still allowed to take the option that I was going to take? I'm taking Emmanuel um, Sanders. I think, to me, I want the receiver that put up still looked competent last year. I think I have. Obviously, OBJ looks good. I don't think it fits the Cowboys' timeline. I I, in my opinion, I just think guys like the remaining free agents, T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller, I I don't really trust them all that much, but I do trust Emmanuel Sanders to be just perfectly average, which is kind of what we signed James Washington for. He's still put up 600 yards last year, had about 45 yards a game, solid 
it's enough to get you through the first six weeks without um, without Gallup and Washington. Interesting. Nobody went Cole Beasley. I mean, that you know, if we're talking low hanging. I mean, I get it. I'm just. I think it's interesting that no, nobody did that. Well, you so, can make okay. your choice. I, I think there's a huge argument for Cole Beasley. I mean, if, if I agree with all of you, the idea is like just help help us help us tread water. I mean, who has the the history and the connection and the chemistry with Dak Prescott, right? Like in a, in a in a literal world, that would be the quality that you're looking for. I recognize that there are you know other factors involved with Cole Beasley that you know, and I reckon like I, the low hanging fruit is like, well, they got rid of Amari for not being vaccinated. How are they going to bring in Cole Beasley? Whatever. I mean, I don't know that that's something that that is still a mitigating factor. Um, but if it isn't, I mean, that arguably makes the most sense. Um, you know, again. Because you can rely on him from a health standpoint. Again, can we um, you? Uh, I don't have any points. Um, but and I also didn't have any options outside of this. So it's either like I say Cole Beasley or Preston Williams or something yeah, like that. And, so, and <laughs> like I really had yeah. uh, very little options to choose from. Yeah. But nope. Like I do think the fact that he has a, a legitimate history with Dak is significant. I mean, is it the most overwhelming factor? No, but it's it's a data point at least. Yeah. I think if they weren't, uh, you know, trying trying to get uh, Turpin molded into something like that, it might be more in their heads. But they really seem to be doubling down on on Galante to come in and, and do that. I agree, and I I also am not fond of the idea because I want to see CD Lamb play out of the slot. Like Cole Beasley isn't that versatile. I mean, again, but you guys took all the good options. I'm I would love Odell. I recognize that that isn't like help right now if we're going off those options i agree with tom and will fuller so um good job um okay let's get out of here tony give us an incredible movie quote that everybody will know something that is funny that everybody will laugh at and they will say that tony guy he's hilarious i'm i'm gonna disappoint you because i'm not really a movie guy i don't watch too too many movies um i'll give you an incredibly bad take I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen any of the Marvel movies. So I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. This is why you're not good at the round table. Uh, <laughs> I got no culture. Let me help Tony out on this one and, and cover for him because uh, it, it's a quote that's so appropriate to us. And it's one of the most famous lines from not one, but just about every movie in the, the franchise. I've got a bad feeling about this.